Welcome to season three. I'm Amy Tokas. This season, my co-host Sandy Lane and I are digging into habits. In this first discussion, we take a look back with a review and reflection of 2021 and beyond to discover the patterns and habits that have created our present. We also chat about how our identity can keep us stuck, rigid, and less open to feedback. All of this with the underlying understanding that making small changes to our habits can give us the biggest long-term gains. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening. Well, Happy New Year, Sandy. 2022, bring it. Happy New Year, Amy. my gosh. I know. So somebody posted something that, did we know we were repeating 2020 again? Because it said 2022, (laughs) T-O-O. Like, oh my gosh, here we go. (laughs) How are you feeling about 2022? I think it's even more than repeating. I feel like when COVID hit in 2020, we were watching from afar, you know, is it real? It doesn't impact me, but it's a redo, but it absolutely impacts every last one of us. Things like you can't get a COVID test. Everybody has COVID. It's, I don't know. I'm not going to say worse. It's a, it's a, who would have thought absolutely agree. And how much it's intertwined into our daily lives and not just watching like you're in a, watching a reality show. Um, yeah. yeah. Talk about pivots. We're becoming really good at the pivot, aren't we? Completely backup plans, plan B what's plan A what's plan B. We've been through this, this last week with my son going back to school. Okay. Plan A didn't work out. What's plan B. And then I, and I'm just going to tell you, it's been a good lesson in flexibility yes. and patience and just like, all right, so we're planning this, but who knows, <laughs> who knows if it'll actually happen, <laughs> which this is perfect because without even knowing it, the segues into our theme, which is habits, because we can have great habits and we can keep doing the same routines, but we have to focus on what's important to survive right now. Right. 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 Completely. So This theme for this year that we're starting with is habits, like you said, and I'm excited to talk about this because I was doing some reflection, which you had challenged me to do last week. You're like, Amy, we need to do some reflection and review because that's kind of our key to moving forward is knowing where we've been. Right. right? And, um, so I was kind of reflecting on 2021, but then I was going back to 2020 because one of my goals this year is to be healthier Mm -hmm. and to be healthier for me has a lot to do with the scale and how much I weigh. So it's like, all right, today, this is the year I just really need to like step it into gear. Okay. And I was doing really well before COVID hit. So that's what I want to say. Like I was like, and then COVID hit and I'm like, so what were the habits I started doing in March of 2020? Mm-hmm. And then what, what am I doing different now? Like how does now look different than it did the summer of 2020? And so there's been a lot of reflection. How Which about is you? an awesome thing. And I think it's interesting to how we have to go back to sometimes three years. I'm working with a lot of people in developing their plan for 2022, personally business, business owners. And I'm finding going back 
two years to look at different things. A lot of times it has to do with financial numbers, especially when I'm thinking about this. And you can't get in QuickBooks a report that looks at this year versus two years ago. It's just interesting the trends that we're looking at. And it's not that we're forgetting the COVID year or all the craziness, but but that structure around atomic habits really helped me to take my reflection and you know put some structure around it, right? And give me some guidance and how to put it to work without it being, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by the time I go on my trip in a month, which is something I do a lot, but I, something I think I'm going to do a lot, but I never follow through on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Totally. So when you say create structure, tell me what you're thinking with, and you mentioned atomic habits, which is by James Clare. And I just want to let our listeners know that Sandy and I have been reading this book and like really digging into it. And so this is going to be kind of the premise of a lot of our discussions because it aligns with what Sandy and I both do professionally. And so this is just a really good conversation for us to be having. You don't have to read the book. I, we're, we're not telling everybody to read the book, but that's where a lot of our discussions are going to be coming from is some of the things that are brought up in the book. And so you can listen and enjoy and take what you want from it and run with it. We highly encourage you to read the book. We think it's good for everyone. There's a lot of ways to get content out of it. You know, YouTube videos, workshops, I'm sorry, workbooks that are out there. But Amy and my goal is to make sure to get the content that we think is most relevant within our conversations. And uh, you can run with it how you want. It's yeah. really practical tips back to the structure. What resonated the most with me on the book was how practical the advice was and how it was like, wow, that makes, not only does it make a ton of, ton of sense, but why don't I do that? But right. <laughs> don't take the easiest route most of the time. And it was sound guidance with stories and everything that's recommended. You can wake up in the morning and do. It doesn't take a masterclass. It doesn't take uh, a new year that 2020 you have to wait till next year till you until you start again so yeah it's very exciting okay so let's dig in a minute on reflection how what's your process when you go through and reflect like what are the what mindset do you usually have a little yes <laughs> non-traditional but this is the, i'm gonna i'm gonna share where i get for me, where I get the best reflection. And it's usually starts in how I feel, whether it is, I start with how I feel. Okay. Am I uh, feeling really good about something? Am I feeling really bad about something? And when I talk about self-reflection, it doesn't necessarily mean a year. It might be a week, a trip, uh, uh, how something worked out with a client. Yeah. Uh, but I, I start with how I feel. And then I, I unwind it and I usually unwind it and unwinding my own story. You know, I'm a story person and, you know, what's causing the positive or negative feeling. And then what, what are the triggers and, you know, what do I need to improve on and what was working and why? And a lot of times for me, you know, I'm back to writing again, um, writing more consistently is I can formulate that self-reflection and that feeling into a story. And usually what I find out is by the time I'm done writing the story, I've come to the conclusion 
of the learning. Um, so that's my process. At the end, after I've thought about it a lot and really evaluated, I usually put it on paper or I might put it into a, a story format in my head, but that's my self-reflection. Nice. I like that. And you are a writer and a storyteller and your stories, whenever I read your stories, they do always have like this learning, like this is what I learned from this experience. And that's so insightful just as a reader, I will tell you, you. it's very, it's very insightful. I take, I do a thing where, um, I, I started this when my kids were younger for reflection. And I know this is going to sound bizarre, but I used to think when we were doing something in the evening and I was like, is this going to move us where, what I want my kids to be remembering long-term And I used to think if somebody were standing outside my window and watching this interaction, what would they think of it? Because it kind of, it helped take me out of myself Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you're just kind of working on natural instincts and, you know, where you've, what you always do. But then I always like, if I put that outside and somebody looking in the window, watching this, what would they see? How would they react and what was, what could I do better? Or, um, what are the rhythms that they see every day? They look in our window and say, Oh, isn't that interesting that they keep doing the same thing, even though they want this. I love that, Amy. I'd never applied that to my kids. We Garrett and I actually use a similar strategy in, and this was probably more in the beginning when we were dating, you know, we both worked in worlds where we would uh, work with men. I'd work with men, he'd work with women. And it was the question of what's right, what's wrong, you know, back to socialization, networking events. And we both said, we came to the conclusion that if, if either one of us were watching from the outside, would there be anything we'd be embarrassed of? And, and that stays in my head. That visual is very good. I love it applying to your kids. You could apply it in any situation. I think another one would be with friends gossiping, you know, yeah. is something I'd be proud of if somebody was listening into my conversation, am I lifting that person up or are we dragging each other down? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Great visual to have. And again, an, an easy thing to apply. I love the one with the kids too. We can do yeah. that with adult kids. Oh my gosh. I do it all the time with even, so as even in the evening when I'm sitting and watching TV in my chair and playing on my iPad and relaxing. Like it's my relaxed time. I have a glass of wine or whatever. And one of my kids comes in from the day, like they've been, you know, mm-hmm. their home for the evening. And I'm always like, okay, is this the same spot I was sitting last time and doing the exact same thing? Like, Hmm, what are they thinking? So it's a little bit like, and I know my kids aren't judging me, but it's like, what are the memories that I want them to have? And what are the, like, is this who I am? Am I good with this? Or do I need to be doing something different? So there's a lot of reflection all the time with that. The hardest part about habits for ourselves is it's harder for us to see the bad and the good. Sometimes we have very, very good habits. And it's when other people point them out to us that we think, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that I was doing that. So, you know, that accountability, I guess that's another thing too. The, 
for me, I think the storytelling, and sometimes it's me telling a story to Garrett in the hot tub because I'm coming up with something in, introspective, but I'm usually telling him the story behind it. And by sharing that and having that accountability partner or the readers as an accountability partner with the feedback, it's either telling and reinforcing with me, oh, you know, good, bad, up, yeah. down, I can connect with that. Yeah. Or did you think about this? Like it's just that, right. a good perspective check. So when I was reflecting, um, 2020, I'm just going to say 2020 hit, I was doing really well with my, my scale goal of where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then 2020 hit and I just shut down. I was walking a lot and stuff like that, but I'm just going to tell you, we were cooking, we were drinking, we oh. were lounging around on the patio all night drinking. It was just kind of a coping mechanism. I'm just going to say I now in the moment, it was just fun, but I will say, I think we were just coping with not being able to do anything. So the scale went up and then 2021, I was like unable to (laughs) harness energy towards this, but looking at that habit of the things that I developed in 2020 as a coping mechanism, I can identify exactly why, what happened, why I gained weight. And then it's like, all right, what am I going to do different now to, so the habits, like, what are the habits? And he's really clear. Thank you. James James clear, very good. (laughs) On doing little things to make big impacts. Yes. And so that's where- Yes. That's the common thread. What are the little things to make the big impacts? And so now I'm looking at 2022. I'm like, okay, what are the little things to make big impacts? My water. Mm -hmm. I started going through that, started getting ready for 2022 water, my breakfast of oatmeal. And I was like, I've already established some good habits. And now it's just kind of maintaining them. Mm -hmm. And I think back to the reflection to figure out what to focus on, you know, the start is to look back, just like you did a great reflection on looking back to 2020, what your focus areas on are on. And, you know, James specifically says, Amy and I said, of course, we're starting at the end and working our way back, but (laughs) he had a great section in the back that he does for a reflection at the end of every year that he asks himself three different questions. Sammy, do you have it right on hand? I do. Thank you. The first one is what went well this year? What didn't go so well? And what did I learn? When, When I did this, I kind of added a little bit of content that I use in workshops to help people think about at least areas Okay. Cause it's easy to run to weight and, and it just right. kind of like holistic areas. What's important to you. And I always look, we had talked about the U-shaped curve. I always narrow it down into three categories, well-being, money, and relationships. And that those are the three, you know, again, there's a sweet spot. Everyone has there and people will say, well, why do we have to look at money? Because we live, we're humans. And no matter what money can be, freedom to do the other things, but you have to take it into account. It, you might be at the perfect part of your U-shaped curve, but, but I, you know, starting there, what are, I apply them through those three areas, what worked, what didn't work? Are you good with where it's at? And then for every person, they identify differently with, it could be work-related. It could be, do I have enough money saved when it comes to money? Um, one thing that resonated with me when I said relationships one thing I did really well 
and I've done really well before beating myself up for drinking and eating during COVID, uh, was focusing <laughs> on the right relationships. Mm-hmm. I yeah. tend to, I have people that want my time and I'm very social and there's only so many hours in the day, but I have done a very good job of focusing on my parents, my brothers, my kids, my husband, not in that order. I'm just throwing them out right, there. Right, Probably the, right. I've always yeah. focused on my husband, but I know that the circle, I, I have lots of friends, but priority is on my immediate family and circle. And I've done a good job of that. Um, room for improvement, but back to reflection, it's like, okay, keep that up. And, and a good thing about reflection is I want to keep that up. So if I turn around and say, I'm going to run marathons, I'm going to increase my net worth by double, and I'm going to work more. You have to look at how that's going to take away from something that you're doing very well, because that will take away time. And I won't be able to consistently focus on the people that matter because I will have less time for them. Oh my gosh. Sandy, I so appreciate that you break this into sections because I will tell you when I looked at what went, what went well, what didn't go well, and what did I learn that those are such big, broad questions. Right. And what I went to was directly to my health, like, because that's a goal of mine. So it was like, all right, this is what I'm going to reflect on. And I didn't look at anything else. I didn't think about, um, I didn't dig into like work. I didn't dig into finances. I didn't dig into relationships. It was that one thing that I'm hyper-focused on and I had blind spots for everything else. So I love that you like lay that out. Cause then it gives you opportunity to put everything else out of your mind and just focus on this one thing and focus on the good things too, because you want to keep the good things going. Right. Yeah. And we have to celebrate our successes because just because the scale hadn't gone down, doesn't mean that we're a complete failure. Today's no. a new day. We can't change yesterday, but you know, what's interesting for me is I have been spending a lot of time going through a photo project you know, scanning in the photos, what have you. I'm really good at giving other people grace. And sometimes I don't give myself enough grace. I I wasn't fat in all those pictures. I would tell you, if I look through them, I'm like, wow, I actually looked pretty good. And I think the thought of myself of saying, oh my, being hard on myself saying, oh my gosh, I'm not at my perfect weight all the time. And oh, it's, you know, Groundhog's Day. Why do I keep doing this? I'm, I'm being hard on myself, but then I look back And it's not that it's not as bad as it seems. Right. Right. I really generally looked pretty damn good. Right. 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 I know. I'd say, gosh, I do this. You know, I've never been at my perfect weight. You know, I'd be very hard on myself. So let's give ourselves some grace too. Right. I totally. So that's a funny that you say that going through pictures, I have a photo of me right before our rehearsal dinner before our wedding. And I remember thinking at that moment that I had wanted to lose like 10 pounds or something like that. Like in that moment in time, I was like kind of beating myself up because I wasn't at my perfect weight for the wedding. Right. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I wish I was there now. (laughs) It was like, I looked good. It was good. So it's just funny how our perspective is so skewed of what we think. Um, one of the things that that he mentions is how our identity can hold us back 
mm-hmm. how we identify ourselves. And um, I, it was on, let me see, page I two. I loved what he, when he said that about identity, yeah. I identified with that. How about that? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Totally. Here, because I'm looking at the summary. I'm looking at the wrong one, Amy. No wonder I couldn't find it. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I underlined it. One, uh, oh gosh, I loved that. The more yeah. attached we are to our identity, the stronger our desire to shield it from criticism. Yes. But it's knowing yeah. your identity because we have one too. You know, I think we talk about that a lot about how sometimes we slide into an identity just because of habit and or how we want people to look at us um i I loved he used so i'm going to keep reading for the listeners one way of avoiding this pitfall is to stop making a single aspect of your identity identity define who you are otherwise you fade along with it when it the aspect fades then he gives the example of a military man defines himself as a soldier how will he feel when his period of service ends and then later he says you know really if he would think of himself, you know, if he defined himself truly, why he identified as a soldier, he's reliable, disciplined, a team player that applies all the way around. And for me, what resonated with me was I had identified so long with being a very successful businesswoman, you know, in my field. And, but there were, there were reasons why I got there. That wasn't my true identity, but it got to the point that that's how people identified with me. And I had somebody that told me, oh my gosh, you got it all going on. You got the world by your ball, by the balls and excuse my language. But at the time (laughs) I knew I had a divorce impending. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I didn't think I had the courage to leave, but I was so sewn into that identity that I was fearful of leaving it. And it really was that process, like he talked to, what really was my identity? My identity was resilience. My identity was, it really was, it was the people, not the businesses, helping people grow, helping grow their businesses. That's what I was really good at. But I had to take that a step further and get away from the habits of what was perceived as success for me versus looking at my true identity and how I got there and, and focusing on that. And that, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. I think that's huge because he says in your, you become brittle. If you are so tied to your identity, you're like, Nope, I don't want feedback. This is it. This is who I am. And, um, if you focus on that actions instead of the noun, right then it becomes more whole, like, because you can apply those actions to any kind of thing about yourself. Flexible. Yeah. You become more more open-minded. I know. I love that. The opportunity to become open-minded, flexible. Yes. I, he has this statement here. A lack of self-awareness is poison. Reflection and review is the antidote which I thought that was really, um, that's that lack of self-awareness is so huge. Mm -hmm. Now I am going to say something, this piece about, um, the identity, I struggled a bit with it because I was thinking about through my identities and how I identify and what I think my identity is in certain areas. And one of them was like, I'm a mom. And then I was like, So 
I know somebody who lost her children and, you know, in a car accident. And I'm like, I cannot imagine losing that identity. Like I, and I know there's actions to it, but without the children there, it's like no longer defined. So anyway, that I was struggling with that piece. And that's a whole different, whole bigger conversation. Well, I think identity, identity versus our story, right? Because part of our identity is our story that it does not change, right? right. And it's, uh, you know, I, I used to wear like a badge. I, in my story, I love to tell my story that, you know, I was successful and I did everything on my own. I was self-made and I was married. I wore like a badge. I was married to a Lieutenant. I had, I was the mother of boys. Those are things I identified with, but not only that, they were my story. And I remember going through my divorce and thinking my story is changing. You know, this is, it was fear because I had this story that was my identity So, you know, help me dissect the two, because it was very scary for me to, it was paralyzing to move forward because my story was being ripped from me way different than a mother who loses her children. But when you brought that up, I could relate. It's like you said, a whole different conversation, but our story becomes our identity. We just don't make it up. Right. Our story of us as we go sometimes morphs into identities that just become a core of our being, sometimes good, sometimes bad, right? And it's good to look at what that identity is. What do your whole exercise of identifying that I should look at what, what, what is my identity today? You know, what talking about the past, but what, what, what are those for me today? Right. What's the future? What's the future? It's my future identity. Yeah. Interesting. I remember saying something to my mom about, and and this was many years back and this was before I started my business. I'm just going to say that it was right before I, it was probably a year or two before I started my business. And I remember saying to her that I wanted to be somebody different. Like I wanted, like she, I was like, I need to step outside of myself and Mm -hmm and move towards the person I want to be. And it was, she was very sweet. She's like, you're fine. Just the way you are. You're, you know, don't do, and I was just like, but I remember thinking there was like this, I was having an identity crisis. I'm like, I need to be something more than what I am right now. I got to be doing something different and I got to identify where I'm going. And I think that's a lot of what this is like, you, you are who you are noticing your actions and just making sure you're moving your habits, your habits are moving you towards where you want to be. It's the identity you're choosing being aware. It's back to self-awareness. It's yet another question. You know, we're asking those questions, but then I think there's a fourth question in this and it's what, what, what is my identity? What am I holding on to that? Maybe I shouldn't be, what do I want it to be? And then how do I work that into my have my habits and my goals? Yeah. All right. So before we close, I want to talk about this CBE and that's your career best effort. So I'll explain what a CBE is. And it was, um, the Lakers coach Riley, Pat Riley, 
um, created this for his team because he had all these really star players and they were kind of relying on their past, like what their average is. And, you know, they were just kind of maintaining status quo and they weren't like stepping it up a notch. And so he created this uh, statistic measuring career best effort. So he got their history and said, this is your CBE score. And I want you to improve this 1% every, I don't remember what the goal was, but you know, it was, it was a very specific goal in improvement by person, by team. Right. And comparing other people to that too. Like it was like, okay, this is what the people uh, that you're playing against are doing. This is their CBE scores and what they're doing. So it was like, you know, you can't just stay right where you're at. We got to like, how are you going to make it better? So anyway, as I was reading this, I'm like, this is pretty awesome. What kind of things would you put in? If you had a CBE of your own, what would you put in there? Do you have any ideas? You know, mine would really be getting the deliverables consistently out there. Content, whether it be to, I tend to take on a lot of things and I'll, I'll marinate on them or I don't get it. And, and I always feel good and have success by not overthinking it. And I think that's part of things that he talked about in this book too. Not everything, sometimes you just have to do it, right? And I think mine is, it would be an equation like right now. I actually started one that I am every Sunday, I have a new story that gets released and every Thursday I'm taking an old one, editing it so that I'm getting content out there, getting feedback so I can finally get my books published. Right. And so, but, but that, I don't know if that's an exact equation, but it kind of is because I've got two deadlines and it's getting content out there. Cause if it's not out there, it sits here, it sits on my computer and it doesn't go anywhere and nothing's done. So that's maybe that's too simplistic, but that's one of my big ones. So that's one of his, when he did his, he had a whole list of things that came down to him. Oh, here it is. how many articles he published, how many workouts he put in and how many new places he visited. So those were like the three things that he could measure mm-hmm. that got him where he wanted to be. And I okay. need to add more, Amy. That's part of this. Pro- Help be yeah. my accountability partner to add some more <laughs> to the equation, but not too many because I have to have room to move too. I give myself too many sometimes. So I'm, yeah. I'm being a little stickler with that. Good for you. I used to have a sheet that's outlined my week and it was like my rhythm of all the habits I wanted to be doing okay. every week. And I checked off every day and well, it was too much. I had about 10 things on much. that. Okay. And I was like, all right. And then I was kind of looking at it today. I went back and I pulled it out and visited it. And I was like, what was on this? And I looked, I'm like, all right, this is stuff that I've, I've kept incorporating. I just haven't been checking it off. Like one of them was meditation. And I have started one of, I've started a habit stacking to create this and we can talk about this another time, but I make my coffee at night. So in the morning I can push the button to start the coffee and I have time to meditate while the coffee's it's like, okay, it's my time to sit. It's quiet. And, um, anyway, that's that's something I'm doing every day. I'm just not checking it off on my list. You got to prioritize too, because back to that too many, 
it's overwhelming and you throw the damn list away because right. it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's important? What's really important? And not everything can be important. Exactly. Right. Yes. This is yeah. fun. I can't wait. Yeah. I know. Doing okay. Together and with everyone yeah. else. So this is good. Yeah. This is good. So what habits are we building? I would say next week, um, next time we can try to, you know, maybe talk a little bit about what habits we're working on, what, where we're going with this and um, what our year is going to look like. Yep. And everybody else think about the same thing. Think about the big questions. What went well, what's gone well in the past? What could have gotten, what could have gone better? What did I learn? What's your identity? Think about them and, you know, let's, let's keep this discussion going and work on us all having great habits going into the new year and using great strategies to get there. I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right. Thank you, Sandy. We will talk to you next time. Next time. Bye-bye. Bye.